We'll take a deep dive into what's gone wrong in America and what we can do to get it back on track with radio talk show host James Bostic on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. What do you get when you combine a former kindergarten teacher, leg man for a private detective agency, insurance salesman, and Civil War reenactor who currently is in his 19th year working in the special ed department of the West Virginia high school he graduated from, you get this guest and his introspective conservative perspective. So let's get into it. He's been a self-proclaimed current events geek since before Watergate, having an interest in the news areas of politics and government policy, spending a lifetime trying to figure the whole deal out. He does just that on a weekly basis, hosting the weekly radio broadcast podcast, A Conservative Perspective. I'm happy to welcome back to the show my mentor and my friend, James Bostic. James, how are you? How have you been? Well, I'm doing great, Gary, and it, it's been a been a trying year for a lot of people. I'm no exception to that, but for the most part, we're doing well, and we're looking forward to a brand new, fresh, and revitalized 2024. I understand it's been a kind of rough year for you. I was always keeping you in prayer, and I understand what you're talking about, and for the country, yeah, we need to keep the country in prayer and a vitalized 2024. Now, your show, A Conservative Perspective, uh, give people an idea of what the precept of the show is and everything that you like to talk about. Well, as I'm fond of saying to our mutual friend, Mike Cutler, we live in interesting times. And that's that's no less true today than it's been at any time anyone's ever said it. And we're at a and, – and this sounds so cliched. I know it sounds so cliched because you hear it all the time. Every election that we have is the most mission-critical, existential election that we've ever faced. And, and I guess maybe to a certain extent that's probably true. But I think that we really genuinely are, are moving towards – we're moving towards, uh, I think, a point of critical mass in this country – uh, on a lot of levels, politically, culturally, spiritually, um, psychologically. There's a lot of things going on that are there, – there are a lot of forces at play. There are a lot of catalysts in this, in this mixture that are they're, – they're toxic. And they work, they work assiduously at trying to separate and divide the citizens of this country one from another. And it's a hard thing to overcome. And the reason they do it is obviously to divide. Therefore, once they've created an effective enough division, what happens next? Then they conquer. And we're at a point now that where we need to be very vigilant of these things. And um, we're not going to be able to rely on the establishment media. We're not going to be able to rely on the Fox people. We're not going to be able to rely on CNN or the print media. We're going to be relying on folks like you, Gary, and me and my own small way doing what I do and folks like Don Ewan and Donna Fiducia 
and Ron Phillips and Rocky Stucci and Kevin White. And it's good. we're the vanguard of that alternative media. And it's going to be ultimately at some point, folks, folks like you and the guys that I've just mentioned that are become that are, the, we're already in the vanguard, but we're going to become even more the leaders of this, this new era of information. Well, you know, and it's not just us. There are thousands of us, and that's good. And what I've learned, what I've learned is every one of us has a core group of followers and a core group of faithful people. So if you got a couple hundred or a couple thousand or whatever it is, and there's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 of us doing this, the word will get out because everybody has their core group. It's not like we, we, we'd love to have it nationally, but, you know, all the shadow banning, everything that all the math, you know, all the powers that be to try and, as I was told, keep us from getting up into the system to become the Monica Crowley's and become the abandons and become the, you know, the Larry Trumps and everybody that has the big shows. Uh, they they, they want to keep us debt and to make sure we don't get up into that level by trying to squash us at this point. But as long as we have a core following of people that faithfully get it and pass it on, the word will get out. And I do agree it's going to be that important. And along those lines, what do you think are going to be the two or three most important issues that Americans are going to have to deal with in 2024? Well, obviously the border is a very, very serious thing. It's wide open. Mayorkas has, he has achieved his mission with astonishing success it, it, I, that that's going to have to be something that's going to have to be corrected i know that's probably not a very a very sexy issue in terms of public appeal but it's a very serious thing we have got literally hundreds of thousands of men of military age that have been flying across, you know they've been coming across this border and it's not just the southern border any place there is an international airport you have a port of entry to the united states for illegal aliens. We're going to have to look very, very seriously at that. And not only, and, and closing the border is a relatively simple matter. The issue is going to be what do we do with all these folks that are in the interior that are here now? That's going to be the thing that we've got to work on to get rid of. We're going to have to take uh, a really close look at the corruption, the very, very serious corruption that's going on in Washington, D.C. It is it is a cancer. It's everywhere. It's in the FBI. It's in the intelligence community. It's in the State Department. It's in the Department of Homeland Security. It's in the Department of Health and Human Services. Every cabinet position that you want to think about or you want to consider, there are people in there that are embedded to further uh, this progressive Marxist agenda. And they're not elected. And they're in there. They've been there for a long time. And, and that's going to be another thing that's going to be very, very difficult to root all these people out or find a way up to, to otherwise suppress their activities. And all these activities, you know, none of these things are done with the best interests of the United States or its citizenry at heart. And then I, I would assume the third has to be we have an election coming up and we know what happened last time. We have an election coming up, and and you know there have been a lot of things that have happened, and I'm 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 going to try and be like 
I'm going to try and be like Johnny Mercer, and I'm going to try and accentuate the positive here. There have been a lot of steps that have been taken in terms of correcting and preventing election fraud, as, as we saw it in the, uh, in the 2020 election. There's been also a great deal of excellent work Dinesh D'Souza and 2000 Mules is a good example of, of people out there working really hard in terms of bringing awareness to, to, what's, to what's going on. And, and I'm thinking it, it's going to be – they can. They've proved that they can. I mean, they got Joe Biden in the Oval Office. They could probably elect a cantaloupe if they wanted to and get him in. Donald Trump is is legging head and shoulders away. He's 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 out amongst the the pack. As far as I'm concerned, it's a foregone conclusion. He's fundamentally, I think, a shoe in to be the nominee. I don't think anybody's going to come close to him. I don't think that the Republican National Committee's best efforts, and it doesn't matter who they throw the money to. They they've recently started now to take money away from Ron DeSantis, and they're channeling it to Nikki Haley. But it's not going to do any good. DeSantis is not, you know, these guys are, they're 40 points behind. No one's taking them seriously. I still can't understand why they're doing these ridiculous debates. Um, The one thing, though, did you watch the DeSantis-Newsom debate? I was on the floor on that one. (laughs) I was... I was watching it, listening to my best friend. We were on the phone. It was like a freaking frack comedy show. It, and, and yeah, it was. And, and, there, and um, to be fair, and I'm going to give DeSantis his credit, he had some pretty decent zingers. But then again, California is in such terrible condition that it's probably pretty easy to bust on Gavin Newsom and all of the, of the, you know, the, the cascade of failures and the decay that California has seen in the last 15 years. Uh, but here's the thing. Think about this. <clears throat> Ron DeSantis, I think, at that interview, or that, that debate, rather, Ron DeSantis <clears throat> played a very critical role in proving Ron DeSantis, or that, uh, that, that Gavin Newsom can't do it. And I know that there are people who look at Gavin Newsom as perhaps somebody who is going to replace Joe Biden. But Joe Biden hadn't said that he's getting out of the race yet, so I don't know how that's going to happen. And besides, how can they – what's that going to do to the voter block that supports Kamala Harris? Because traditionally, if the old man steps aside because he can't do it, then she's supposed to step in. How will that competition between Newsom and Harris play out? I don't care. I don't care what they do. They're Marxists, they're communists, they're anti-God, anti-American, anti country, anti-family, anti-America first, they're globalists, and they march, they're, they're in line with uh, all the bad people in the world, and they will go down. I, I See, I look at them all the same, James. I look at them all well, the, the same. It doesn't matter which one you put in, that. Obama, they're all the same person, so it, the hell it with just all shows, It just shows how much disarray they're capable of generating amongst themselves in their desperation to try to maintain power in, in the White House, well, in D.C. as well. I absolutely agree. No argument whatsoever. But now it's now they're, they're starting to feed upon themselves uh, because they, they don't know what else to do. They can't stop 
Donald Trump. Right. He's a juggernaut. No weapon formed against him, I think, is going to prosper. Right. Now, this is what you get. This is what you get when you run on defeating a foil. Now, uh, uh, my current guest right now, uh, Drew Thomas Allen, who wrote a book called America's Last Stand, and he brought up the point that the Democrats know they can't run on policy because their policies are bankrupt. So they need a foil. They need an enemy to run, to, to prop up, to get us to run against. And they've done a great job of don't look at us. Don't look at our policies. It's Trump. And they've done a great job of trying to paint Trump as an enemy of America, as Hitler, as he is their foil. In other words, and I hear this from people. I hear this from people when I tell them they're communists, they're this, they're that. And they say, well, what do you want me to do? Vote for Trump? You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's yes, the answer. Absolutely. And now let's get down to something along this line that uh, I don't know about you, but my head has been exploding over this. You and I have been blessed to have gotten together in Greenville, South Carolina, two of the last three years at the Rock the Red Conservative Convention. Yeah. I went three years in a row. I think, in fact, you were there all three years. I do believe. Yes. Um, are, and, they doing and, it? are they still going to do it? And and you know, and I don't even know if they know, but I hope they do. And what it was, it was a conservative convention in Greenville, and it was two to three days, and they always had great speakers. Oh. And and uh, James, who we'll get into, he did a Civil War an actor. He's a Civil War an actor, so he brought this cannon down from West Virginia. And he had General Flynn and Tom Holman shooting a cannon. Who was the third person that shot? Uh, a guy named Lynn Alfie. Wood shot it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah I kind of regret a that. But. Cannon. It's a real Civil War cannon, and you feel the reverberation. The reverberation should be able to kill some people. But the point I was making is there are so many great speakers. Larry Trump, General Flynn, you know, Trevor Loudon, Claire Lopez, John Guandolo. There'd be the and and what would go on, Donna Fiducia and Don Newen would co-host and what would go on, you'd find out what's really going on in the country, who the bad actors are, who the problems are. And in the last one, they gave us the Democrat Party blueprint for destroying America. They said there'd be all these trials with Trump, the border would be open, the J6ers are gonna keep him in jail forever, because if they ever get out, everybody's going to jail for treason that was involved in the thing. And uh, on the other side. And we have for three years, the three years that we come back would know what is happening and just watch this play out in front of our face. And we haven't been able to stop it. They told us everything that would happen. They prepared us to go back to try and reach the people in our circles of influence. I've been talking about these things on my show. You've been talking about these things on a conservative perspective, but doesn't it blow your mind that they know down there what was going to go on. The Democrats know we know what's going on, and it went on anyway. Well, it, it, the Democrats, and for lack of a better term, the American Communist Party, uh, they they are great when it comes to lockstepping and shoulder to shoulder. They They can get it done, and we see that they get it done. We see it all the time. We see examples of it all the time. We rail against it. We hate it. It's dirty. It's illegal. They're great at it, and and they're very effective. And we have these fools 
for lack of a better term, in Washington, D.C., on the Republican side, that consider themselves purists. And if, you know, nobody, the, what, what was it Ronald Reagan said? A guy that, that disagrees with me 20% of the time is not my enemy. I'm paraphrasing here. You know, and, and Republicans, Republican leadership in Washington, D.C., and I'm not exactly sure that it isn't by design, they have a tendency to trip up on details. Well, yeah, he's a great candidate, but. Or I agree with Senator such and such policies and him introducing this bill. However, I'm not going to vote for it because. And it's some microscopic, minuscule detail. I was, <laughs> had to police myself a minute. But, but, you know, on details. And you don't see that with the Democrats. And that's one of the greatest feelings of the Republican Party. I think if we're going to change it, too, and if anybody changes, it's going to be us. There is no cavalry coming in the nick of time. We're the cavalry. We're, we're it. So the way we change this is through one thing, and I've been saying it for a long, long time, and I know you've heard me say it. We need, and the, and the only way it's going to happen is through an informed and disseminating electorate. And it starts with your city councils, your county commissions, your boards of education, and it goes up into your state houses of legislature and on to Washington, D.C. And that leads me up to talking about term limits. And no, no self-respecting politician in his right mind is going to vote himself out of office or limit his potential to generate wealth for himself and his family. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been doing this for 50 years. He's enriched his family off the government's nickel. And, and I'm, I'm totally in favor of, of term limits. How they are to be set should be determined in the law. But here's the thing. As far as term limits go, you and I voted these people in, Gary. There is nothing on earth to preclude us from voting Bona. them back out. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand how it happens. Robert Byrd, Strom Thurmond, both these guys. Uh, long-time Dixiecrats, racist, Klansmen. And even in spite of all that, they died in office, both those guys. Among and others. carry them out on their desks. <laughs> yeah. Because every year they got reelected. And in West Virginia, I can tell you what it is. Well, John, why are you a Democrat? I'm a Democrat and I vote Democrat because my daddy was a Democrat and his daddy was a Democrat and his daddy before him. And I'll fight you. And you can't, you can't, I don't know how you get around that mindset. You keep trying, but in a lot of cases with some of these folks, Gary, you know, it's, it's kind of like triage. You do what you can for who you can and, and Godspeed to the rest. Yeah. I hear you, James. James, before you tell people how and where they can get your show and how they can contact you, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't, because I, I start the show by saying you're my mentor and my friend. And when I met you down at Rock the Red, I was just doing a little 15 minute spot on a show called Rocky and the Wolf Man. And I just did my little rants on communism and this, that and the other thing. And I'll never forget that Saturday night. We're sitting there in our suits listening to Doug Collins, keynote speaker on a Saturday night. Trevor Loudon and his kids had just gotten up from the table eating with us. So we were still there alone. And you turned to me in that voice and you said, Gary, you should have your own show. 
And I laughed in your face. I said, I, I'm not trying to be mean, James, but I said, I don't want my own show. I don't need my own show. I got a great gig. I don't have to worry about publicity. I don't have to worry about promotion. I don't have to worry about guests. I don't have to worry about anything. It's just coming on their two hour show once live every Friday night and ranting for 15 minutes about whatever I want to rant, want to rant about, say thank you, good night, and go. And the next thing I know, not only six months later do I have my own show, you got me my first producer, Melissa Petri, and she was the producer on the first few shows. And then eventually you became the producer. And uh, for the first year, that year that my show was live, I think it was every Monday night for two hours from eight to 10. There you were in the green room producing this show, bringing on because I'd have four guests one and a half hour each, all these big high profile people coming on and you're talking to them and babysitting them in the green room and, and just getting everything going. And I learned so much, not only from that, but from your show. So I thank you very much because if it wasn't for you, there'd be no me. And my producer, um, Jason is looking over there saying, oh, this is the guy I got to get. This is the guy I owe for, for screwing. I my had show. no idea it was going to do this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> And you're in the stratosphere, and I could not be happier or prouder. I mean, it's just – it's great watching. And thank you, by the way, uh, for deciding to to have me as a guest. I, I can't tell you what it means to well, me. This is your really fourth time. It's not like your first time. This is your fourth time. You've been on a couple of times live, and you were on an earlier podcast. But right. this is your podcast, and I really, I really thank you for coming on. Please tell people how they can get your show and how they can contact you. All right. Well, we have a Sunday show, uh, Conservative Perspective, on the Mojo 5.0 radio network, mojo50.com. You can go there and you can listen to my show as well as a host of other outstanding programs there. Uh, Thursday nights, it's on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com. You go to blogtalkradio.com, and what you'll do is you'll type in Patriot Nation Radio, and you will find me there. I'm, I'm, I'm scaling back now that I'm that I'm old and tired. I'm not doing two hours. I'm doing about 90 minutes these days because I kind of like getting in bed at a decent hour now. So those are the two places that you can find me. We have a presence on Facebook. We also have a presence on Getter, and you can go there. It's also where I post the show. You can find me at uh, Leisure Lanes Bowling Alley every Friday night at about 6 to 9.30. You want to tell them where that is? No, don't even, don't do it, because your enemies will show up, you know. So, <laughs> hey, James, I really, I really appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me, man. Thank and you. You know, I'm glad you're back and rolling at it. And, you know, you bring on great guests and uh, you do a great job. And I learned how to do this from you because I had no experience. I never planned to do anything like this. And listening to your show and just, just how you corresponded and dealt with people and everything really, really uh, helped me get started and helped turn me into this monster or whatever people Man, think you I are. You're killing it. You I are. Didn't it from that end. I was talking about like the Frankenstein type monster. Godzilla. Yeah. So keep on doing what you're doing and don't let them grind you down. Not a chance. Not a chance. Gary, once again, thank you very much. God bless you. God bless your listeners. And we'll be talking to you again very, very soon. You got it. There you have it, everybody. Mr. James Bostick. I want to thank James Bostick for sharing his wealth of knowledge on issues critical to we the people and for providing possible solutions to correct some of the mess we're in. Keep on blasting out your hard hitting 
but also down-to-earth conservative perspective as a powerful voice in the rising vanguard alternative media. It goes without saying, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Thank you for being my friend and my mentor, James. You're greatly responsible for what I'm doing because, as you are well aware, it wasn't even faintly on my radar to host a show. I've got some news for everyone in regarding to upcoming podcasts. United Patriots Uprising has been audio only, but that's about to change as the show is going video sometime in January of 2024. The first guest will be former actress, conservative activist Morgan Brittany, who starred on the iconic TV show Dallas and was a guest on my first live radio show and first podcast. Up next will be the dynamic duo. Donna Fiducia and Don Nguyen, co-hosts of Cowboy Logic Radio. I'm looking forward to this. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. If you're checking us out for the first time, we encourage you to look at the podcast archive located on the page. You'll find more than 125 high-profile guests, including the likes of Tracy Beans, Michael Cutler, Monica Crowley, Tom Holman, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Trevor Loudon, John Guandolo, Lucretia Hughes, John DeLimmy, Mike Lindell, Dan Wass, Candace Taylor, Claire Lopez, and Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. That's all for now, folks. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.